When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, today we are going to be speaking with John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. We're also going to be speaking with a Wisconsin apple grower. They're just like the rest of us, not real thrilled with the way Wisconsin's weather has started, but optimistic about what's ahead. We'll take a look at the latest crop progress report, if there was any. And uh, we've got Stu Muck with your weather coming up. How are you? I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. It does look like we'll finally see a little sunshine today. Should bounce up to around 49 degrees. Tonight down to 38. Tomorrow going to be a windy, wet Wednesday. 52 are expected high. Thursday, partly cloudy skies in 63. Friday, looks like more rain in the forecast and maybe some thunder, 60 degrees. The weekend, promising. Saturday with a high of 74. Steffes Group is conducting the Clarence Pronchinski & Sons, Inc. Dairy Cow Retirement Auction in Arcadia, Wisconsin. This timed online auction closes Tuesday, April 26th at 1 p.m., featuring approximately 1,400 head of Holstein dairy cattle. This is a closed herd with good health, breeding, and management. Go to steffesgroup.com for photos and complete descriptions for the Clarence Pronchinski & Sons Dairy Cattle Auction in Arcadia, Wisconsin, closing Tuesday, April 26th at 1 p.m. That's S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. We're trying to market grain right now. Do you sit on it? Do you sell it? A lot of decisions that you're going to try and make in very uncertain conditions. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And Stephanie, you talked to uh, some grain traders about the current situation, not only in this country, but around the world. Are they positive? They know exactly what's going on? No one's positive that they have the crystal ball, Bob. And as you know, there are many different factors that influence supply demand, and price of our commodities. And this includes weather, war, trade deals, and viruses, just to name a few. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, and I talked to an ag economist out of Iowa State University. His name is Chad Hart, and Chad explains how all of those factors influence both cash and future grain markets. We start with corn. Farmers just recently you know, went through a survey where they showed their intentions of what they plan to plant this year. We're going to see right now, based on those intentions, 4 million acres less planted in corn this year than we had last year. That's limiting our, our supply potential out there. Where we had been looking at the possibility of over 15 billion bushel corn crop, now I'm down to about 14.8 billion bushels, which is right about what we use in this country in a year. And so that makes for a very tight corn stock situation and that's putting more emphasis on pricing right now that's why we've seen december new crop corn futures float above the seven dollar range is this all due to the high input costs uh it's it's a combination of things i mean you can call it a perfect storm of things it's you know that demand has been strong we've got high cost to grow the crops but we've also got let's just call it this way everything is seeing that inflationary pressure right now we're seeing it 
in the grocery store. We're seeing it at the gas station, but we're also seeing it all across agriculture. It's not just corn prices that are high. Soybean prices are high. Wheat prices are high. Cotton prices are high. Almost every commodity is facing this upward price pressure. Let's look at soybeans now, supply, demand, paint that for us too. Okay, now that 4 million acres that came out of corn, it's going into soybeans. We see the potential for a record U.S. soybean crop here. And so we're depending upon even more demand coming into the U.S. marketplace to eat up a lot of the soybean supplies. Now, when you think about soybeans, we export about half the crop. We use domestically about half the crop, and we're going to need both those engines driving pretty hard to maintain soybean prices where they're at right now. We are going to get some help here. Again, the Black Sea region doesn't produce a lot of soybean, but they produce a lot of sunflower. And soybean and sunflower are competing crops in the global oilseed market. So if the Ukraine and Russia can't get sunflower out, that bodes well for more sales of U.S. soybeans going forward this year. So the export for both corn and soybean looking good? It's looking better. I mean, that's the deal. We had been down most of this year because of the higher prices. The war actually turns things around for us in terms of export potential. Because, like I say, once you take the Black Sea out, there's only two other spots where you can really pull crops from. That's the U.S. and South America. Now, Wisconsin isn't a huge player in the wheat market, but all eyes are on U.S. production because of the situation happening in Russia, Ukraine. Well, wheat situation right now is really tight and really tough because I'll argue not only are we seeing, you know, sort of the destruction of the crop and the worries about the crop in the Black Sea region. When we look at our own wheat here in the U.S., a lot of that is in that drought belt. But let's face it, it does not look good right now. So we're likely going to see smaller wheat supplies, and that has definitely led the boosted wheat prices here. And that's, uh, well, I'll call it both good and bad for U.S. wheat. Um, it's good that we are seeing these higher prices, but it's making, real, it's making it really hard for the U.S. to export wheat right now. And we're finding that actually when you look at the global export market in wheat, it's places like Australia and Europe that are gaining more market share where the U.S. is actually losing right now. But you emphasize no worries about any shortages domestically. Nope. As far as our own domestic needs for wheat, we'll have plenty of wheat available here. If anything, we're going to experience the higher prices. But no, where we're going to see wheat shortages, that's going to be places like the Middle East and North Africa because they were the ones that really depended upon Ukraine and Russia to provide their wheat needs. Here in the U.S., we produce most of our own, and what we don't produce on our own, we often get from Canada. What we haven't mentioned yet is agriculture's role in the energy complex. Renewable fuels, such as ethanol or biodiesel, how is that looking? Right now, I'll put this way, the ethanol industry has been recovering from the COVID crisis, and we've seen them get back to, let's call it, full pre-COVID productive um, capabilities here within the last six months. The question is, how do they continue to move forward as we're looking here? We've got high energy prices that are helping support high ethanol prices, but they're also facing high costs. Every time corn prices go up, that costs a bit more to create that gallon of ethanol. So that's going to be the challenge ethanol-wise. I think the other thing to look for is newer biofuels. There's been a new emphasis on creating diesel alternatives. And probably the biggest one we're seeing right now is called renewable diesel. It's made out of vegetable oil, so think corn oil or soybean oil or sunflower oil. And it basically is a replacement of petroleum diesel that's created from those vegetable oils. That's something that could take off here over the next two to three years, especially if 
oil prices remain over a hundred dollars a barrel now you mentioned we are recovering uh, from lost demand of the pandemic for those renewable fuels but we're also covering from that hurricane ida well it's not only the energy complex you think about a lot of the supply chain issues we've been talking about over the past couple of years not only within ag but basically in the general economy and a lot of it is actually linked to the, the natural disasters, the hurricanes that we saw hit in 2020 and 2021. Probably the biggest one from an ag perspective was Hurricane Ida, because not only did it plug up the Gulf Coast for a while and made it kind of hard to ship our products out on the export side, but it also hit a lot of our ag input infrastructure. Probably the easiest one that everybody knows about is Roundup or glyphosate. The idea is there are two big plants here in the U.S. that produce glyphosate that basically fill our needs here. Both are down in Louisiana and both got hit by Hurricane Ida. You knock those facilities out, we're suddenly short Roundup. Now you mentioned your nickname at Iowa State University is Dr. Doom. Uh, you project good things for the first half of 2022, uh, but as we get into the second half year, you don't have a, as positive of an outlook. Yep, and, and it's mainly because, let's face it, I'm, I'm thinking that Prices may remain high, but we're watching our cost ratchet up very quickly to catch up. And so if there is any bobble in prices where we do start to see things trend down, that really puts the squeeze on our, our agricultural industry. And sort of the scenario I do worry about is something that farmers just went through a decade ago. The last time we saw prices this strong would have been 2012, 2013, and where we were seeing really high prices, enjoying those high prices, but cost ratcheted up and then prices in 2014 dropped down significantly leaving farmers in a negative margin situation that same sort of scenario could happen here as we're looking forward you also have a background in risk management when farmers approach you what's their biggest questions and what do you tell them about risk management well usually at risk management so i'm going to say for most of you know the farmers here whether i'm talking in iowa or wisconsin Many of our farmers already take, let's call it the basic risk management moves. They buy crop insurance. They're looking to, you know, do some either pre-harvest marketing or post-harvest marketing. So a lot of folks, you know, they built the grain bins. We do storage in order to try to pull our price or pull our crops to where we can sell when prices are higher, typically in the springtime. When you see a situation like we're seeing right now, it's more the case of, I would say, locking in prices at a time when you know you're also locking in your costs. Given that cost, you know, especially fertilizer and chemicals right now have risen so high, what I want to do is anytime I'm having to buy something, I want to sell a little crop so that I can know where that profit margin is right now. And especially if that's positive, I want to lock that in place. So this is how you deal with the risk that we've been seeing here where things are, you know, costs are rising so quickly well if you're selling the crop to match you know you're going to keep yourself money ahead you're protecting some of that profitability that's out in the marketplace right now yeah you know i was something i didn't ask you about yet uh the livestock situation obviously for commodity growers uh they're seeing good prices but for people having to buy that those products to feed their cattle uh not as good of a situation no it's a very challenging situation i mean when you think about seven dollar corn can be great if you're producing it but it's it's really tough if you're a user of it and so we have seen the livestock industries definitely slow down in terms of their growth in fact when we're looking nationwide right now we're actually going to see our beef and pork industry shrink just a little bit here in 2022 because of the high feed cost and we're not seeing the livestock prices even though they are very strong right now 
they haven't risen as quickly as feed costs have and so that that profit margin has already shrunk significantly for the livestock industries. Anything else I'm not asking you that you wanted to add for Wisconsin producers? I would say weather still does loom large. I don't want to dismiss that. You know, when you look at the drought in the western U.S., it is significant. The question really is, does it start to creep back across the Mississippi and truly impact the heart of corn and soybean production here in the U.S.? At least thus far, and what we found in 2021 was that it didn't, we sort of need that drought to stay out west again this year in order to help balance the markets. That's your Ag Market Outlook for 2022 and beyond with Chad Hart. He's an economist at Iowa State University. Chad is also a partner in Farm Risk, and that's an Iowa firm that develops revenue insurance products. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Haw. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. If you came across a child struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes, their age, the way they speak? Would you recognize a 13-year-old boy who gets into fights at school, not because he's a boy, but because he's hungry? Or a two-year-old girl who cries all night, not because she's sick, but because she went to bed without enough to eat? Or maybe a nine-year-old boy who hopes a friend invites him to a sleepover, not for fun, just so we can have dinner. Or a 15-year-old girl who goes for walks over lunch so her friends won't know she doesn't have anything to eat? I am the one in seven American children who struggle with hunger. Kids you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am child hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 food banks strong. You bet she thinks your tractor's sexy. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Ah, yes, we're talking more about what tractors didn't get done over the past seven days' time. The latest crop progress report coming your way on a Tuesday morning. Right now, what's coming your way? A quick look at what's happening with weather. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining this morning. Well, you know, I guess the good news is I'm, I didn't get snowed on coming in today. There you go. That's a highlight. Might as well start the on the positive push note. You all the way across town. Uh huh. The wind didn't push you all the way across town. There you go. Yeah. Let's let's find the silver lining as quickly as we can for this morning. Uh, it does look like we are going to see some sunshine though today. Yeah, there'll be some sunshine. The temperatures oh, about 10, 11 degrees cooler than normal. 
we're not going to suddenly get a nice warm up, you know, to push us back up to normal in the very upper 50s and even low 60s right now. That chance does exist, though, by Thursday. So hold out your hopes. It is going to warm up, not for long, but it is going to warm up. The system that brought the snow and the rain and the yuck yesterday, that's all off to our east over in the eastern Great Lakes, the northeast part of the country. Pennsylvania, northeast Pennsylvania, I hear they're talking upwards of six-plus inches of snow, a lot of that blowing in off Lake Erie. None of that going to happen in our part of the Midwest. High pressure is settling in. There will be some sunshine today. There won't be a very strong wind, but there'll be a bit of a breeze. That should help to dry things up just a little bit. But the next system will move in. And in fact, we already see that system out in the Pacific Northwest. Some rain and snow in Idaho, western parts of Montana. That system, what I initially thought would head as far south as Nebraska, may only drop down towards southern South Dakota by early tomorrow and then push northeast back up toward Minnesota, far northern Wisconsin. That's why we have to include some precipitation chance Wednesday, most likely afternoon into Wednesday night. Could be a quarter to half inch of rain a possibility around here, but that system moves through really quickly because, like I said, there'll be some improvement. By Thursday, some sunshine returns, more normal temperatures, lower 60s most likely will be seen. Another small system with a chance of rain quite late Thursday night, just into the day Friday, tempers that temperature just a little bit, upper 50s for highs on Friday with some rain, maybe a quarter inch or so, and then I expect a little more mild air at least to start the weekend. There may be a 70 or two around here by Saturday, and then cooling as we head to early next week and some sprinkly rain for the weekend. I'll have forecast details right after this. Sick calves got you down? Draining your profits, time, and motivation? Get your calf up and moving now with BioVet's new Baselight Calf Electrolyte. Baselight contains balanced electrolytes for restoring and maintaining proper fluid levels in scouring calves. It's easy to mix, palatable, and calves are eager to drink it down to the last drop. Stop feeling down. Pick up the phone and order BioVet's Baselight. Call 1-800-BIOVET-1. 1-800-B-I-O-V-E-T-1. Your soil is your farm's greatest asset. Every season is an opportunity for both short-term profit and long-term improvement. The Midwestern BioAg way optimizes yields, soil fertility, and sustainability, nurturing your greatest asset. Midwestern BioAg offers biological fertilizers to optimize yields during the growing season, all the while building healthy soil for the future. To learn what a Midwestern BioAg program can do for you, visit MidwesternBioAg.com. Midwestern BioAg, better farming through better soil. All righty, Stu, let's have a couple more details on the weather today, maybe into tomorrow. Well, yeah, mostly sunny today, a very fine day, about 48, a lot of upper 40s, and the northwest winds at 5 to 10. Clouds redevelop in the nighttime, and that holds us in the mid-30s, with winds becoming southeast at 5 to 10. Cloudy, breezy Wednesday, rain most likely in the afternoon. About 50 degrees tomorrow, upper 40s to about 50, with the south winds 10 to 20, gusting to 35. The rain ends Wednesday night, mostly sunny Thursday, low 60s. How about that one? West winds at 5 to 10. So it does get better, Pam. We just have to hang on a little. All right, we'll do just that. Uh, I guess that's the kind of the code for everybody in the upper Midwest these days after the big snowstorm over the weekend for folks farther west, huh? Yeah, the, the National Weather Service here deems the April blizzard historic for North Dakota. I just looked, Minot, 36 inches of snow 
uh, Garrison, I know a bunch of guys go fishing out there, 29 inches of snow. That was just in that three-day period. So, you know, yeah, we're, we're having a problem with livestock, uh, calves especially, even horses and things like that. That's just a whole lot of snow in one big hurry. Oh, yeah. Well, and I, like I said uh, yesterday, we had that kind of boat in 2018. So happy as a clam to just be dealing with cloudy overcast and a little bit of wet and wishing the best for those folks to the west. Yeah, absolutely. Hope they get some nice thawing here as the temps start warming up toward mm-hmm. the end of the week. Good deal. Catch you tomorrow, Stu. Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist, with your weather details. And again, don't forget, like I said, your latest crop crop progress report or lack thereof coming up this morning, too. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There goes Pam Youngke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to Farm First Dairy Cooperative, serving dairy farmers across the Midwest since 2013. Farm First Dairy Cooperative, member-focused, member-driven, member-led. And from Equity Livestock Cooperative, marketing your livestock, financing your operation, and supporting the livestock community since 1922. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net, on Facebook and Twitter. Because of you, someone gets to stay home in familiar surroundings. Because of you, there will always be a friendly smile. Because you are the bright star in someone's life. Bright Star Home Care is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes working one-on-one with clients in their homes means better care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the bright star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com. Cardinal Glass in Mazamani continues to invest in automation at their facility. That means better, safer technology and more advancement opportunities for their employees. You deserve to work in a world-class facility for an employer who cares. When you work at Cardinal Glass, your career is world-class so you can live first class. Cardinal Glass in Mazamani is now hiring production associates and maintenance, competitive pay, advancement opportunities, medical, dental, vision, profit sharing, and more. Apply today at cardinalglassmazo.com. Wouldn't it be nice to celebrate spring behind the wheel of the new car? Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison wants to make that happen for you with our Bloomin' Zoom promotion. On Saturday evening, April 30th, we're giving away $55,000 in cash and prizes. Two winners will be chosen every half hour from 4 until 8.30 with each taking home a $1,000 cash prize. Then at 9... One grand prize winner will receive a $35,000 vehicle certificate. Celebrate spring at... Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. If you're talking, they will hear you every single time. Oh, we're getting killed. Yeah, well, Kyle's not here. How come? Kicked off the team. Didn't Tim tell you? Kyle and some other kids got caught drinking beer in the park a couple of nights ago. Really? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Come on, it's a first offense, right? That we know of. But why should that matter? He knew not to drink. I've made it clear to Matt that's what we expect from him. What have you said to Tim? Um, nothing really. You know, a lot of kids try it at this age, so. I... Yeah, well, a lot of kids don't try it too. I'm not saying that Matt's gonna be this perfect kid, but if I don't tell him what we expect and why he shouldn't drink, how's he gonna know? You think kids that age really listen? <laughs> they never admit it, Bill, but they hear more than you think. Talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with kids about underage drinking, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. 
Whenever you make a major purchase, there's always that little voice in your head asking questions like, are you sure? Is this the right one for me? Bergstrom Automotive turns the what ifs into why not with the seven day buyback guarantee. That's one full week to get to know your vehicle. Is it as large as you anticipated? Maybe you want more power in heavy traffic. Maybe you find out the neighbors just bought the same make, model, and color that you just purchased. Whatever the reason, at Bergstrom, if you don't love it, simply bring it back. Not every dealership offers a seven-day buyback guarantee. Then again, Bergstrom Automotive isn't an ordinary dealership. Bergstrom believes you shouldn't have to listen to that little voice that questions your buying decision. They just want you to feel giddy with freedom, just like you did when you bought your very first one. Love it or bring it back at Bergstrom Automotive. How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Watching the NBA playoffs, especially when it gets on TNT, I love those dudes. TNT, when you got Shaq on there cracking jokes, you got Sir Charles, those guys rule, dude. Well, that was like the one thing. So I told you I probably watch from October through March, probably six full NBA games. Now, I might watch a quarter or a half here and there. Fourth Don't, quarters. But Fourth quarters. When I'm completely focused in on just that one game and watching it from start to finish, it's basically the end of the regular season if there's like big time games where the the wins actually mean something. Yep. And it's the playoffs. And watching the playoffs, normally you have the halftime shows on and you're watching those. Or if you get in there a little early, maybe you see the pre or post game. But after watching the product that two entities both have TNT versus ESPN. I don't know. ESPN's coverage for everything sucks. Baseball is way worse than FS1 or MLB Network. Yeah. Basketball, TNT is so much better than ESPN. NBA and TNT is awesome. Like on ESPN, what do you have? Like Mike Greenberg, Jalen Rose, and Stephen A. Smith. It's basically Jalen Rose and Stephen A., Yelling, just screaming, just screaming into the either at each other or about some nonsense. TNT, you you have what Ernie Johnson, who's like yep. kind of like the calm father figure, the and then you, then you got the the three past players that are just going at it. And they and the thing that I love about especially Barkley and Shaq, they tell you exactly how they feel. Oh, they're great. Charles Barkley, it's going to be a sad day when he retires, and he's going to retire. Um, he turns next, he next turns year? sixty. Uh, I think uh, two thirds of the way through the NBA season, and he said he would he was going to quit 
doing broadcasts once he turned 60. So I think we might get one more year out of Chuck. Yeah, uh, Charles Barkley, um, he went on a tirade, an awesome tirade, what, last year? He was talking about how, like, what did he essentially say? Like he, he called the women in Texas bigger and he likes bigger women and this and this and this, like how the, and people went nuts. How dare you body shame? How dare this? How dare that? And Charles Barkley's like, you guys are just lost your minds. He's like, I don't even want to deal with this anymore. And then he started ripping executives. Uh, I think even at TNT, uh, like, you know, being how canceled culture has just ruined everything. So Charles Barkley, that's why he was stepping away. Didn't he say that? And he's like, I'm done. Cause I can't, I can't even say a joke anymore more about the type of woman that I like and everything is bigger in Texas. Like who, who cares? What well, the funny thing is like, they tell you exactly how they feel. And obviously when you're talking about Charles Barkley and you're talking about Shaq and even Kenny Smith, mm-hmm. those are guys that played in the NBA for like a decade plus each. Mm-hmm. And two of them are hall of famers. Like those are really good players. Yeah. Jalen Rose was really good in college, kind of a journeyman in, in the pros, Stephen A. never played. Yet you have Mike Greenberg who never played, and he's f- much worse than um, Ernie Johnson yeah. when it comes to being kind of like the host. But I think the funniest thing is just even their banter back and forth. Like they were talking about uh, it was after the Bucks game how they had Coinbase on the court. Yeah, and Charles Barkley didn't understand what Coinbase was or crypto. I he's still, like, I have crypto. I don't even know what it is. He's so. like, we need to do a full show and just have the Coinbase people who are now our sponsors come in and we'll talk about crypto and basketball and blah blah blah. And it was funnier than hell because Shaq goes, "Hey Chuck, <laughs> hey, Chuck. if you give me a million dollars in cash, I'll make sure your crypto gets taken care of." <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> Kenny Smith, Shaq Kenny Smith, jokingly goes, "Yeah, hey Chuck, if you give Shaq a million dollars, give me a million dollars in cash, and I'll make sure your crypto stuff uh, gets figured out correctly too." Yeah. And you know what his response was? Charles Barkley comes back with, "Now, why would I want to give two million dollars to a bunch of dummies? <laughs> Nothing will get taken right or getting figured out right if I give you two two million dollars." <laughs> but it's like that they have stuff a good is banter. Like, yeah, it's yeah. hilarious. Or like they were debating. On how fat each other were. Yeah, and like you would never get that on oh, ESPN. No. Like they were. They <laughs> it's just funny. It's just it's just like it's like before people lost their minds over just having a conversation with some jokes in it. Like, Shaq literally kept calling Barkley fat and yeah. how he wanted like a donut or whatever. And then Barkley goes, "Well, you're not small." He goes, "Shaq, how much do you weigh?" And Shaq's like, three fifty. <laughs> then he goes, "How much do you weigh?" They got him on the scale. Yeah, that's it's funny. It's funny. They put Barkley on the scale. How much do you think Barkley weighs? God, three, three, three ten. Two nine, two ninety five. Really? But yeah, it was funny. Rough hands, dirty boots, and farming roots. It's all we know. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Hopefully a drier Tuesday on the way for the state of Wisconsin. 49 are expected high under partly sunny skies. Tomorrow, more rain in the forecast. 70% chance you're going to get wet. It's going to be windy tomorrow as well. 52 are expected high. John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, is our special guest this morning, joining us live in about 15, 20 minutes. I'm Pam Yankee. Glad you're along with us. So today is the 19th day of April. What can I tell you? So happy birthday to actress Kate Hudson. She turns 43 today. On this day in 1919, a Hollywood stuntman decided to be the world's first free fall parachute jumper. 
they were trying a new kind of parachute that had a ripcord. Well, the good news, it was successful as far as the technology was concerned, but he broke a leg on the landing. That happened on this day in 1919. On this day in 1987, the first installment of The Simpsons is aired. And on this day back in 1995, 168 people, including children, died in the Oklahoma City bombing. And now you know. Well, Wisconsin farmers are trying to be patient when it comes to Mother Nature and warming up our weather this spring. Apple producers are monitoring what's happening with their trees and how quickly buds are trying to emerge. Our own Taylor Schaefer caught up with a Richland County apple producer who's waiting on the sunshine. Coming off of a relatively slow harvest season, apple growers are looking ahead to this year's crop. I'm Taylor Schaefer for the Midwest Farm Report, and I'm here with Steve Lewis. He's the owner of Oakwood Fruit Farm in Richland Center, who grows over 20 varieties of apples every single year. And Steve, when we talk about apple production, weather has to be a part of that conversation. How is that shaking out for you this spring? Yeah, you know, so it looks like um, right now it looks like a, a nice crop out there. Um, it's a little hard to tell on some varieties, but buds look good. Um, you know, the winter was... Winter was good, so we should be in good shape if, uh, if we can get through the spring with, without frost once things start moving. And thinking about that snow that we've seen in late April here in Wisconsin, is that going to have any real impact or damage on the buds? Uh, so far, no. We're just, you know, luckily we didn't get any real warm weather earlier. So the buds are just now starting to move and starting to open up. With the warmer weather coming a little later this week, you know, they'll just kind of keep moving. So Kind of starting from here on out, we, you know, we, we're going to really have to kind of worry about the, the low temps. You know, we, we don't want to see getting too much below um, freezing, you know, from, from here on out. And hopefully the weather just kind of turns itself around and we, we warm up and, and spring goes. But it's, it's been really slow, as everybody knows so far. You know, another factor that we also have to consider when we're talking about weather is insects or weed control. What have you seen with that this year? Are there any concerns moving into this growing season? I don't think anything other than normal, you know, we're not, not expecting anything different. You know, the weather kind of impacts that a little bit, so, you know, we, we can't, um, you know, predict a lot of that and, until we get into those things. But, uh, you know, that far from, from this standpoint, we're not expecting anything out of the ordinary. What other conversations have you really been having around apple production this year? Are there any concerns with supply chain issues or any other pandemic-related challenges? Um, you know, the last couple, it hasn't been um, real impactful. You know, we've had a few things here and there that we've had to watch out for. But coming into this year, it's going to be a huge issue. Um, and if, uh, you know, some of the, some of the growers uh, haven't kind of looked ahead and, and are just kind of proceeding into this year as, as normal, um, they could get caught. Um, we, you know, we knew things were, were coming and talking to our suppliers back in last season um, new things were going to, certain items are going to be in short supply. So we've kind of uh, started working clear back in November and December to try and, um, you know, get some of those things. And we have a lot of those things on hand already um, that, that we knew were going to be short. So if people, if farmers didn't look ahead, um, it, it could be a kind of a scary year. Again, that's Steve Lewis, the owner of Oakwood Fruit Farm. Supply chain issues continue to impact apple production, but Steve says despite these issues and the late snow that we've seen this year, the buds are in a good place for growth later this summer. I'm Taylor Schaefer for the Midwest Farm Report. And
Steffes Group is conducting the Buffalo County, Wisconsin Dairy and Land Auction at the Arcadia Country Club. This live on-site auction begins Wednesday, April 20th at 11 a.m. Featuring 1,260-plus acres to be sold in 16 tracks, Tract 1 includes a large modern dairy facility and 92 tillable acres. Go to steffesgroup.com right now for drone photos and complete details on all 16 tracks. See you at the Buffalo County, Wisconsin Dairy and Land Auction closing Wednesday, April 20th. That's S-T-E-F-F-E-S group.com. Mutual insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. When you see water in your basement, it usually spells trouble. Some other insurance companies might leave you high and dry and not in the way you want. That's why Rural Mutual offers a limited water endorsement on their homeowner's policy to help cover flood, sewer backup, and sump pump coverage. Rural Mutual insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. I'm a Wisconsin Farm Bureau member because of the opportunities that Farm Bureau affords its members here in the state of Wisconsin. Member benefits to uh, local leadership and personal and professional development opportunities that you can really take advantage of as a Farm Bureau member. We talk about Farm Bureau and how we help move farmers and agriculturalists forward. WFBF.com You should look them up. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. Wisconsinites love local. Uh, we love buying local. We love knowing who we're buying from. Uh, and that's what we were able to offer to them. We keep hearing, I've really thought about solar for a long time. I'm finally able to do it because I've got a local person that I can trust. The more you know about solar, the better. But I think the most important thing is knowing who to work with. And that's us. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com and start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. Well, as you probably could guess, there wasn't a lot of field work that got done over the past seven days' time. The latest update from the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service says across the state, 4% of our spring tillage got completed. That's more than two weeks behind last year. 4% of our oats are in the ground. That's 13 days behind last year. 1% of our potatoes are planted 12 days behind last year. Pasture conditions improved, 38% good to excellent. Now that's up one percentage point. The winter wheat conditions, 61% good to excellent. That's up three percentage points in one week's time. Markets are going to be paying attention to that weather-related cycle there and seeing just exactly who's getting the rain, who's getting the warmth. We'll talk about that more with John Heinberg in just a moment. In overnight electronic trade this morning, December corn is up two and a half at 752 and a quarter. November soybeans are up three and a quarter at 1524 and a quarter. July new crop wheat up six and a quarter at 11.35 a bushel. On Monday in Chicago, barrel cheese dropped two and a half cents to 241 and a half. 40 pound block cheese was up two and a half to 239 and three quarters. Double A butter dropped a penny and a half to 274 pound. Right now, May milk is down a nickel at 2508. June milk down a nickel at 2520 a hundredweight. You know, every farm in Wisconsin is witnessing escalated costs, feed, fuel, fertilizer, herbicides, employees. Everything has gone up in expense, and some are doing what they can to try to get a handle on their expenses when it comes to energy. One of those is Dave Daniels. He's a partner at Mighty Grand Dairy in Kenosha, where they're milking 565 cows and running 950 crop acres as a family. January a year ago, Dave Daniels decided they were going to try to get a handle on their energy costs. 
and they installed solar panels on an acre of their farmland that's not being used for crops. Dave Daniels explains how they came to the solar panel conclusion. Make sure that you look at how your farm can be the least energy dependent. Uh, As we look at HVLS fans, high high velocities, low speed, we look at uh, lighting, we look at variable speed pumps for for milk and stuff like that and variable speed on our vacuum pump. So look at all those energy efficient things too and make sure that you are getting to that point. And that's where we were at. So the next step was a solar array. Dave Daniels from Mighty Grand Dairy in Kenosha sharing his experience with installing solar panels on an acre of his farmland not used for crop production. He says it's a very productive acre, and he calls it a long-term investment. We've got more with Dave Daniels up on our website, MidwestFarmReport.com, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. John Heinberg joining us next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Some spaces become a catch-all for everything you want to keep in storage. Make use of that wasted space now. What about the basement? Rec rooms, an office, extra bedrooms for growing teenagers are all popular uses for an upgraded basement. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company specializing in kitchens, baths, and basements. Let's get the conversation started with a complimentary estimate, consultation, and suggestions. ActuateLLC.com Design. Create. Actuate. When you're shopping around for a pre-owned vehicle, you know what you want. A shiny, fun-to-drive ride that won't let you down. But how do you know if it's reliable? A Wisconsin State Inspection is 60 points, which means checking 60 things. Most dealerships follow that playbook. Bergstrom Automotive isn't exactly what you would call most dealerships. Bergstrom performs a 172-point inspection on all pre-owned vehicles before they're even chosen to be on the lot. 172. That's 112 more areas where the vehicle needs an exam. With that much attention, you know they're looking at parts and pieces you probably didn't even know exist. Do the math. A 60-point inspection or 172. And all to make sure you're safe, confident, and happy with your pre-owned purchase. Choose from over 1,500 elaborately inspected pre-owned vehicles at Bergstrom Automotive. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Here we use a lot of F words, food, fiber, and farming. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, we're hoping that the weather is going to be turning around today. Some sunshine in the forecast should warm up a little bit, but definitely not back to the level that we should be for this time in August. Is that impacting what the market thinks about? Let's find out about it. John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joining us live this morning. So let's jump right to the crops because obviously... 
In Wisconsin, anxiety is building, John, about, you know, when are we going to get to start field work? How long is it going to be before we can get seed in the ground? Uh, is that going to cost us yield? We're kind of late to the party. What did you see in yesterday's Planting Progress report, not just Wisconsin, but elsewhere that caught your attention? Well, right now, it's still obviously very, very early in the game, but corn planting nationwide is about 4% completed as of the crop progress numbers that came out last night or yesterday afternoon. You know, just put that in comparison, it's 6% is the five-year average. Last year, we were about 7 So, again, we're still in that window where it's not that big of a concern yet, but the buzz is starting to build a little bit. You know, we really, when we start getting closer to May, it's about that May 15th window is where we want to see some really good progress nationwide uh, because, you know, research does kind of show that after that time frame, we start losing some yield potential uh, for the most part in, in some of the key growing states in, that, in, in terms of the crop. So we'll have to watch. But, you know, you keep looking at these weather models. You know, we got a couple decent days maybe coming here, and then it gets back in the wet and cold again. And, you know, again, I talked to a couple of producers in the northern tier, too, and you know, they're not even interested in getting the corn planter moving yet in terms of getting it out of the shed because they just don't see an end to this break in this weather right now. And uh, it is something that's going to start getting a little bit more news and headlines. And again, this market is extremely volatile. We need a big crop here in the United States. So we're going to start seeing some of that premium maybe come back in, even on top of the moves that we've seen here as corn pushed through $8 yesterday. Yeah, un- unbelievable that way. Now let's talk. So farther south, uh, here we are in the Midwest. We're talking about cool and wet. Farther south, they're starting to use phrases like the dust bowl to describe what they're dealing with. And that's been impacting the winter wheat ratings. Yes, it has. You know, we did see a little tick up last week, but then those numbers went right back down to where they were. Uh, 30% good to excellent on that winter wheat crop. The market was actually expecting another tick up. Uh, so we, you know, we'll see if that got priced in a little bit yesterday. But again, that is becoming a big concern between both winter wheat and then with the storm this last week and the spring wheat crop. First off, this winter wheat crop, you know, we're looking at a, a you know, a crop that's already been very necessary globally. Uh, we saw those winter wheat prices really kind of break out off that news. You know, the ratings yesterday were the third worst in history for that week, for that time frame. So, again, just tells you what we're dealing with down there. You know, obviously, as we move forward into this, you know, later into the spring, do those conditions work more north and east and affect the western corn belt? You know, I was having a conversation with an Iowa producer in western Iowa yesterday. You know, we are talking about marketing some more corn or getting some more stuff sold for next year. And he's like, I just can't do it because I don't, you know, I don't know where my crop's going to be. So it gets to be a concerning point. Here's some people have great value in front of them and a lot of these prices, but they don't want to pull the trigger on those sales just because they don't know if they're going to have the crop out there and don't want to be hung out to dry if things don't come together for themselves. Well, you know, then flipping over into that spring wheat real quick too, you know, that storm just slowed planting down there. We're about 10% behind last year. So we got spring wheat prices because of that snowstorm moving back to, to the contract highs again here, just because the world needs wheat. Well, I don't want to throw you a curve, John, because we didn't uh, talk about this before. But the other item that I think farmers are going are paying attention to. So what is it? The Pacific Union Railroad and now being forced to cut back by 20 percent the number of rail cars that they're bringing because of concerns over rail safety. That could hit us again fertilizer wise. Yeah, the logistics continue to be one of those stories that's going to be out there 
through the entire growing season and into next year. Uh, that's still just something that's going to be concerning. You know, hopefully most producers have things in front of them already in terms of their supplies, but obviously anything that's going to cause, you know, some potential acre shift. I, I know that's one of the buzz in the markets is can we get things, you know, some acres of corn bought and replace some of those soybean acres. Obviously a late planting doesn't help that either, but the fact is if producers don't have the fertilizers to do it as well, that's another thing that's going to limit those possible moves in those acres as we get to the planting window. So things that are definitely still going to stay on the radar are going to be the logistics side of things and producers just being able to find supplies to get through the entire spring. Let's pivot a little bit, look at livestock, and it kind of goes hand in glove with this weather. So the folks that have been living on the plains, especially places like North Dakota, got nailed last week with, uh, we're hearing in some places, more than two feet of snow. Are you hearing anything or is anybody talking yet about the livestock lost uh, the, you know, just the pure setback with that kind of weather incident, John? At this time frame, I haven't heard anything in terms of actual numbers coming through. Obviously, there is some concern in my mind out in that region. You know, bright side... <laughs> If there is one, you know, it was a well-forecasted storm. So producers had plenty of time or at least time to try to prepare to the best of their ability. But, you know, you can't prepare for those types of conditions. You know, I've seen those Dakota regions, they're dealing with calving at this time frame. So, again, they've got a lot of small animals out there in those pastures that were fully exposed. So, obviously, we'll see some death loss. Those numbers will probably come out as we get a little bit more clarity uh, down the road regarding the storm. But, again, those just are just difficult situations. You think, you feel for those people and those animals that are in those uh, environments, you know, and those producers doing the best they can just to hang on to everything they can possibly work with. Yeah, exactly. John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, along with us. Always want to remind you about the website, totalfarmmarketing.com, or their toll-free number to get a hold of John or any of the staff, 800-334-9779. John, you touched on it when you mentioned speaking with that Iowa producer. Are you feeling that uh, hesitancy in more of your clients. I mean, confidence is wonderful when you see these prices, but boy, then you start factoring into your point, this erratic weather, and we may not be out of the woods yet. It's definitely out there. And actually right now with prices where they are, a lot of producers actually sometimes are feeling uneasy. Do I pull the trigger here? I don't want to miss out on another dollar. You know, you hear the talk of where we could go to highs that we've never seen before uh, just because of some weather impact. So producers are nervous about those things, you know, and, and the cost of protection and things of that nature is expensive. And again, as I said before, the cost of doing nothing might be worse than the cost of doing something. Uh, so I've had a, quite a few conversations, especially after we crossed the $8 and the 750 barrier for corn yesterday. You know, guys is trying to balance out. They want to make sales, but at the same time, they need to keep an eye on where they are with their crop. They don't want to miss out on opportunity, you know, because obviously we've had our tough years in here. So why don't we get some prices put at us? People want to take advantage of it and at the same time not look greedy, you know. So yeah. it's a balancing act at this window here. And, it, yeah. and like you can tell it's making people a little bit anxious. That's why you want to have the conversation with him. John Heinberg joining us live this morning. Total Farm Marketing. Again, the number 800-334-9779. TotalFarmMarketing.com.